Welcome back to Like a Bigfoot podcast. This week, I'm super excited to talk to Jacob Benger Pereira. Um, Jacob is just an absolutely incredible human being. I am so honored to be able to interview him, talk with him for the podcast this week. Uh, he has his sights on a quest of truly epic proportions. Um, and I know a lot of times like in the adventure world, people can use epic a lot. <laughs> like it's a, it's an awesome word. That's why. Um, but what he has his sights on truly, truly is epic. Um, Jacob is planning to take a Grand Banks Dory boat, um, rowboat across the uh, North Atlantic Ocean completely solo. Um, and the more I sit here and talk with ocean rowers, I mean, the more I'm absolutely fascinated by the whole entire thing and really fascinated by thinking about the experience. Um, usually when people are taking on the Atlantic ocean, they're crossing east to west. They're going from like Europe to the United States or to, um, the Caribbean, uh, what Jacob's planning on doing is leaving New York and heading west to east. And he's going to do this completely, completely by himself for the entire entire 3,200-mile route. Uh, and this will be the same route um, that the first ever crossing of the Atlantic happened back in 1896. So um, you can check out uh, Jacob's website if you go to manandory.co.uk. Um, you can see all of the information here, everything he's about to talk about. Um, and you can find ways to support him. And here's the really cool part. I think we've kind of caught on to this project really early on. Um, there's going to be a lot more planning and that he has to do training and all that stuff. But, uh, you know, we can support him really from the ground level. So I'd really like to encourage people to check out his website. I'll link it in the show notes. And, uh, if you can, if you're able to, um, send Jacob some support. Uh, I love talking with him though. This is amazing. He kind of comes he 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 tries to come across as like a regular dude um the whole like premise of this is like truck driver jacob from the isle of wight takes on the ocean and i guess what i've realized doing this podcast is like everybody can seem normal and then everybody also can have this like almost like superhuman ability to take on these grand adventures and sometimes it just takes some stubbornness sometimes it just takes some consistent like consistent action sometimes it just takes uh bravery honestly and i think that's what jacob's planning on doing um and i for one am very very excited to follow his journey and once again i'm just honored that he'd sit down chat with me for the podcast so um, really highly appreciate it. I'm really excited for you all to listen to this episode. Um, but yeah, let's just dive in. This is the Like a Bigfoot podcast number 288 with Jacob Benger Pereira. Buckle up and enjoy, everybody. 
Nah, mate, you can call me just Jacob, mate. It's fine. You don't have to get the surnames. I mean, it's a, it's a so poor kid, so. Yeah, man. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, I'm super excited, man. I'm excited to have you on the podcast. Uh, you're setting off, and you're you're starting to dive into this. Like, I mean, I want you to describe it, but it's a grand adventure in every sense possible. Um. Can you kind of like just give us an idea of like what you're you're chasing, like what you're going after? Yeah, mate, it's a multitude of things, if I'm honest. Uh, you know, an adventure of a lifetime. Uh, you know, I've, I've kind of been looking at it like this, what we call life is just a, quite a miracle. Uh, and I, I don't know, I, I, I want to look, I want to be able to take on something uh, and look back, you know, just in the last sort of, hours of life and you know just you know think you know i i, I gave it on my all um i experienced life uh fully at some point in my life i mean uh yeah i, I want to have some personal breakthroughs with within with my uh within myself uh around you know, I'm not saying it's. I'm not saying it's going to be a guarantee, but I want. I want to be able to put myself in a situation where I can be challenged by nature, fully challenged by nature, without any, uh, without any possible escape. And you know, just to really put my mind uh, amongst it all and see what comes out at the other end. Because uh, you know, I've struggled a lot with my mental health over the years, uh, um, and I. You know, it's it has got annoyed a lot, but then it, and at the same time, it hasn't. I mean, I've got a beautiful family. Uh, I've done some great things with my life, um, but there's also been some very dark times. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, it's it's a it's a multitude of things that I'm looking for out of this adventure. Um, and you know, and, and you know, the possibility of inspiring some people, some kids, maybe that are, that get hold of the idea, and you know. You know that are quietly struggling on their own, their own mental struggles, and you know if I could possibly get through to some some youngsters that are, uh, you know, been in similar situations, and and in a, are in a tough situation right now, and it might you know just open something up for them, uh, give them a bit of freedom around it, it just just maybe that they've not thought of or think that it's possible for them to do. Uh, so yeah. It's a long way to go though. Yeah. I've got a long way to go. You do, Still. man. But no, yeah. I, I think, I think, uh, and I, w when you're planning something like this and we'll get into like what the actual, like the actual like expedition or adventure that you're taking on is, but when you're planning yeah. something like this, it has to be so important to have that base. And you kind of just described like, mm -hmm. here are the reasons why for me personally, and that those reasons almost have to be so significant to you that you'll be able to push through the hard times even leading up to mm. something like this you know because i'm sure you you'll you you know or you're finding out like it's not just as easy as like going out and doing it you know no no it's not no no it's not at all <laughs> can can you kind of tell us like what is what is the adventure you're taking on like can you kind of like describe it for us um well it's ocean rowing basically it's like rowing oceans and uh you know it hasn't been done a lot over the years it's 
you know, more people are getting into it now. Um, but, you know, the, I think the first recorded Ocean Row was back in 1896 by two crazy Norwegian fishermen who, who moved over to New York to, you know, to try and live the New York American life and, and uh, ended up being clam fishermen. And they just, I think, I can't remember which one it was, Harbo or Samuelson. I think it was Harbo. It was, it was George Harbo's idea to row to you know row a rowing boat from New York over over to um I think it was the harbor they were aiming for in France. And uh yeah he found a part he found another Norwegian partner and uh they set they set the ocean rowing scene off. They they rowed it in an 18 foot open wooden rowing boat. You know, no protection from the elements or anything. These these guys were just crazy. Um but had a, had a, had an amazing uh, vision and and you know something they wanted for their lives you know they just they wanted to better their lives for their family they thought they were going to get this huge prize at the end of it and make lots of money out of it but you know in the end it didn't quite work out for them that way but they had an incredible venture along the way uh but yeah so that's when it all started uh and then you know that was 1896 i think the next crossing was by two British guys, Che Blythe and uh, John Ridgway, two army, two army guys. They'd done it in a wooden dory boat. Uh, the same thing, they just had canvas to hide under in the storms and things. They, had, they went through a hurricane, they went through two huge gales. Yeah. And um, yeah, so it all yeah. kind of went, went from there and I, I kind of exploring it, it, um, it kind of came, I, I'd never heard of ocean rowing uh until my brother mentioned it and in my mother's in my mum's uh living room he said some of his friends were rowing uh i think it was the southern route the atlantic route from the canaries to uh, uh antigua uh he couldn't Which make is, it that's but, uh, the more popular route right like going south from yeah europe uh, yeah grand canaria yeah i think it's the canaries yeah across to antigua yeah it follows the trade winds it's warmer um, you've got the currents going that direction. Uh, it's still really hard. I mean, you, it's still an, an, an incredible thing <laughs> I to mean, do. <laughs> you're rowing a boat across the ocean. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly, man. And, uh, uh, so yeah, so he's, he he couldn't make it. So I, I said to him, "Look, why don't we do it? Why don't we row? Let's do the North Atlantic." And um, he's, the he, other he way, on the, idea. the opposite yeah. route, the harder, <laughs> more cold route. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Um, so he, he jumped on the idea and we, you know, we, we planned for it. Uh, and we couldn't raise the finances. Uh, he, he's a sailor. Uh, he does a lot of sailing and he's, he's pretty much nearly professional. Um, he got the opportunity came up for him to uh, sail from the UK to New York and back again on his own. He got, he got donated a, this old sailing boat. He's type one diabetic. Um, it's always been a dream of his, and uh, he, I don't think anybody had. And no, I don't think a type one diabetic had sailed solo wow. that crossing and back. And he, so he went for it. And uh, on his return, twelve weeks later, the boat was an old thing when he when she left. <laughs> he came. She just he just got her back in one piece, and uh, he he got back and he said to me, Jake, there's absolutely no way I'm rowing a boat across that ocean, man. <laughs> so yeah, we we let it go. We let the idea go, and uh, a year or two later, 
recently it sort of it came came up again in me and I was like I'm gonna I was like Ad I'm gonna I'm gonna do it I'm gonna go for it on my own and I'm gonna see if I can pull it off and it's kind of just sort of developed from that I I ended up reading a book the book that um Jay Blythe and uh Robert Ridgway wrote on their crossing called a fighting chance and uh it just it just blew me away man it was so inspiring um and that gave me the idea of the dory boat because they're but the all the all the original crossings that happened you know before modern materials came about were, were in these were made in by these old techniques uh that have been going for like hundreds of years uh and they're called dory dories it's like a it's basically just a wooden rowing boat that they use to fish in. Like the boat that I'm going to be doing in it is called a Grand Banks dory. Uh, they've been used to fish the, the Grand Banks off Newfoundland for like 500 years. The same boat, the design hasn't changed and the, make, the way they make it hasn't been changed at all. I mean, they use slightly modern, certain tools like the electric drill or whatever, yeah. but the, the same techniques used and um, they, they still make this boat in a, uh, Nova, Nova Scotia, a little town called Lunenburg. Um, they still make this dory in exactly the same way. Uh, and they're so seaworthy. These boats, are, they're, they're incredibly seaworthy. They can, you know, they, they're, it says in the little write-up about the, in, on their website that the dory that I'll be getting, that will be getting built. It says that it, it can keep two fishermen safe on the Grand Banks in a winter gale. Um, so, you know, it's got some, it's got a great history. It's got, uh just great um uh i can't think of the word um dude it, i just looked up a picture of it <laughs> i mean okay yeah. it's my team foot <laughs> i have so many questions so you know when you see people rowing now these big like long crossings they have like a little cabin that they're in is yours is yours going to be designed where you're going to have some of these, like, yeah. I don't want to say modern comforts, but like some of these mod more modern kind of designs. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's going to have the original, the hull will be yeah. built exactly the same. I've been in touch with the, well, I've been in touch with this naval architect, British naval architect called Phil Morrison. He's basically the best sort of ocean rowing boat designer on the planet. He's, he's been involved in all the biggest, uh, expeditions uh he he when che when che blythe and john ridgeway got back off their voyage um che blythe set up this set up the you know you have the talisker whiskey ocean race that goes from yeah. banking area yeah well he he was he originally set that up back in 97 and uh phil morrison designed the rowing boat for that race so each competitor had one of these boats that was you know, they built their own boats, but it was off this one design. Uh, and yeah, Phil Morrison, since that, he's been really involved in ocean rowing boat designs. And so he's he's agreed to design the cabins that will go on the boat each end and, and make sure she self-writes yeah. uh, if she capsizes. Um, so yeah, he's going to have a, a, a major involvement with the design of it. Uh, I'm just going to have the, the whole will be built how they've always built it over the last 500 years, so yeah um that's, so amazing, that's really cool man that's yeah, super really, cool just seeing the yeah. boat like when you when you're able to see it like are you do you have it planned where you're gonna go out and do some practice runs beforehand or or what yeah i'll have to, 
I'll have to, man. I'll have to go and get yeah. used to it. Take it for a spin. <laughs> Take the old dory get, for a spin. <laughs> yeah, get out. I mean, I, I need to get a. I need to get a capsized and things like that. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, just so I'll, I'll be going to visit visit for sure when it when when uh, the build starts and hopefully it looks like it's all gonna like charge ahead and I just don't know how it's going to at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I. That's just at the moment. It's just all there. Uh, just waiting to kind of take off. You got someone appearing. <laughs> I, I was telling, I, I was telling you, I was telling you beforehand. I was like, if my kids pop in, I'm gonna be like doing hand signals. She just <laughs> yeah, asked. Yeah, she asked for something, and I said yes. I don't really know what she asked for. That's the thing. She could have asked for anything, and I was like, yeah. Yeah, that's the story. That's the answer to everything in it normally. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Um, dude. So I want to hear just a little bit about the route and then I kind of want to dive into like just who you are and your history and, and all of that. Um, can you tell me about this route? Like it's through the North Atlantic. Uh, you said it's the kind of, it's the original one that, Mm. which I just am imagining the conversation back in 1896 where it's like, it's like, Hey man, this New York thing's not working out. Let's just go back and like, okay, in this boat. (laughs) Yeah. And then when we get back, we'll be famous and we'll go and tour and talk about that's what they wanted to do. Yeah. They want yeah. they, they wanted to go and talk about it all over the Europe. And it didn't um, work out that way, or people just for some reason just people weren't interested. Mad, isn't it? It's crazy, but, dude. Yeah. When, and, and that and was the, on the like precipice of like the big explore explorers in that whole time, yeah. you know, like from the early 1900s. Like it's just because that's what people did. They like went mm. and did something brand new that no one's ever done. And then they went on like a speaking tour and that's yeah. crazy, dude. That's so yeah, wild. I, I know. Um, so that was a real shame for them. Uh, but, so the route. Yeah. The route, <laughs> the route, the route, the route goes from, well, they set off from the battery in New York, which is just next to it's basically next to the Statue of Liberty. Yeah. And across, across the water, um, there's a, a marina called Liberty Marina, which is the place where people who row from New York set off from. Uh, so yeah, that's where, it, that's where the start will be. And then basically you, you head up out of New York, uh, pick up the Gulf Stream and hopefully head across. Yeah. 3,200 3, miles. Um, it's been done in bare... I mean... That route's been done up until last year. It had only been done by one British guy in his 20s, solo. Since then, three guys, for some reason last year, um, three guys done it. Three, uh, it was three British guys, was it? Yeah, it was three British guys. Um, two SAS, two SAS men, uh, soldiers. Um, and a guy who's climbed Everest, he's done, he's done some rowing expeditions up in the Arctic. Uh, but a lorry driver. Yeah. <laughs> from the Isle of Wight. <laughs> That's the best, like, <laughs> I, yeah. Put, wants to put himself in with it all. They might as well, man. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, what, what kind of obstacles did they face? Like, have you done the research of, like, 
you know, looking up how their mm. whole adventure went or even like chat. Yeah. Like, I don't know if you've ever reached out to them or anything, but you guys have yeah. a really small club here of people who have wanted to try this, you know? Yeah. Well, um, they all set off pretty much within a few weeks of each other. Uh, one guy done it. He, he, he got to Bishop's Rock, which is basically the finish point of the crossing. It's a light. It's a it's a huge uh, lighthouse on put on on this big rock just off of uh, southwest of England. Um, he got over there in 60, 61 days. He, he done it. He he, wrote, he capsized seven times. It was it was one of the worst one of the worst uh, seasons of weather like the North Atlantic had had in a long time. So they they were having like force ten gales every four weeks which is that's huge storms um so one guy uh you know he done it in amazing time he rolled seven times he carried on to london um this other guy um he had, he, got, he got in some trouble he capsized um in one of the storms and the boat wasn't self-writing he, he broke a, he broke some ribs um, I think he had some water coming to one of the cabins, but he managed to write her back up again and he made it, he made it into the silly Isles. And, uh, yeah, the last guy took him 120 days. He, he just had, he had real problem with wind forcing him back, uh, eastwards back. So he had loads of headwind to deal with and he just got really unlucky in that way. And yeah, it took him a lot longer than the other two guys. Um, but they made it, they all made it safely and, yeah. And they're going to probably row ocean again. I don't think they're going to do any more ocean rowing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was enough for them. It's probably one of those things where like, right when you get done, you're like, I'm never doing this again. And then like a year or so later, you're like, maybe that's something I want to try. I don't know. Um, let me, I want to ask, I want to hear a little bit about your background. Um, like just kind of like about growing up like were you always an adventurous person were you always looking for these big challenges or is this something that's kind of happened later in life um i don't know if you know i don't know if you're familiar with the geography of britain but there's a small island off the south coast called the isle of Wight. i looked it up this morning there. yeah that's where i was like i'm <laughs> talking to him i gotta figure out where this is at <laughs> yeah well, that's where i was born and uh I spent the first seven years there and then we moved up to Scotland into the Highlands, uh, this tiny little, uh, village called Kinloch Leven. There's a, there's, there's a high road into the place through the mountains at the end. And at the end of this lock or this, this tidal, um, I don't know what you call it in America. It's like a lake, yeah. uh, goes in between some mountains. Um, it, it eventually connects out, connects out to the coast, uh, but it goes quite inland, quite away through all the mountains. Anyway, we were like one road in, one road out, this tiny little village, a thousand people, just mountains surrounded us. Um, but yeah, we just, we moved into this village and uh, my cousin was already there. He was, he was English, but we were the second English family to move into this tiny village and we just weren't accepted, the Scots. I mean, there's, there's a, through history and things, there's, I mean, the English have done some pretty, not brilliant things to the Scots. And I think they've, it's kind of been passed on generation to generation and it's still, it's still kind of, it's sort of still there. 
within them but you know it's i don't it's not it's no one's fault it's just what history's done and they really just didn't get accepted by the locals um so school was really hard the kids didn't want anything to do with us it was, it was a lot we got bullied quite a bit um yeah. luckily that was my younger brother and uh so we spent a lot of our time in the mountains uh you know just having adventures like climbing the mountains building dams uh sleeping out in them uh just spent a lot of time in the mountains and then oh, as the years progressed a few other english families moved in and uh yeah we'd hang out together we ended up learning you know picking up skiing uh windsurfing on the lock uh so yeah our childhood was pretty yeah it ended up being pretty cool i mean yeah it was it was hard going at some points with the bullying and things but uh, it was balanced quite well with having a having a, um having our back sort of having life having the mountains available to us to you know go off and forget about it all and have it yeah like have adventures yeah we just we've done a lot of done a lot of that in our early days apart growing up and um uh so yeah we we ended up leaving school early because it, it just wasn't working out uh i ended up going off uh traveling basically when i was 17 spent uh because of because i got really into skiing i spent um some winters I spent, spent a winter in uh, Alberta in Canada and then spent a couple of winters in the Alps uh, just picking up jobs here yeah. and there and uh, and then in, uh, ended up spending some time in uh, the Canaries like year and a half windsurfing getting into windsurfing and uh, and then then spent a few summers in Chicago selling ice cream to <laughs> driving an ice cream truck around selling ice creams to the local kids. one of these things is not <laughs> like the other there yeah uh, <laughs> what what nah. led you do i saw that there's a there's an article online about you and and what you're doing so i read it this morning and i wrote that down i was like i gotta ask about the ice cream truck in chicago like what <laughs> what led you there and i'm I met- from the midwest originally no so like, chicago was the biggest town by me so i'm like yeah huh huh for a very adventurous dude <laughs> i don't know how that went yeah I, I, it was just pure coincidence meeting somebody in canada he just he gave me the phone number he had done it a few times himself and i came back back home and wasn't sure what to do next with myself and i just gave this gave the number a phone and this ice cream company was run by run by a really friendly uh, american family who took he took students from abroad to drive his trucks and uh he said, come on over. And uh, yeah, I just, I just went over there and uh, ended up just doing a couple of summers of it. It was brilliant. Yeah, it was just brilliant, man. Just drove around. We had, a, we got allocated a town. Yeah. Mine was, it was, it, I don't know if you know Barrington yeah. off of Chicago. It's, it's in a, yeah, it's yeah. in, yeah, it's a town. But yeah, off of that town, we, that's where he was based. We got sent, all of us got sent, got our own town and just went and figured out the route, best route yeah. and just, <laughs> sold ice cream all day <laughs> it's brilliant we came back and we he said take 30 percent of the cash out yeah so we took 30 percent of the cash out gave the rest to him went home shoved it in a sock under the bed yeah and yeah at the end of the season just we went on i went think i went with a friend on a road trip across the states in a little 1.1 liter soft top suzuki jeep that's sweet, 40 man. mile 40 mile an hour <laughs> top speed and we just thought i just cruised across and uh yeah yeah ended up the same what do you remember? Is there any specific memories or towns that kind of like stick out from that road trip? Um, I, I think we went through, I think we come out of the other side of Albuquerque 
Is that Albuquerque? Or... Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we got busted by um, uh, um, a traffic cop with a massive big rimmed hat on because yeah. we there was a cra- there was a crash there was, there was a massive long queue. Uh, so we jumped onto the hard shoulder. You call it the hard shoulder over there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. the accident. You know the breakdown lane. Yeah. So we drove up that off the slip road, and it basically the accident had happened on a flyover on a bridge at the end of the slip road, the road that we had sort of thought we were going to take a shortcut. Oh, no. We ended up getting up to the bridge, having to turn around and come back down. And the other couple was waiting for us at the bottom and he was just, you know, their southern accent. <laughs> They've got, it's like, where did you get your driving license from, boy? <laughs> a Cracker Jack box? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. And we just like, yeah, we just played the fools and then he made us join back in the traffic. Yeah, that's the uh, that's the move, man. You just you're just like I didn't know. I'm I'm not from here. I don't I yeah, know. I couldn't do that. Yeah, put Scottish accent on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that's awesome, man. So eventually, like, eventually, does your oh here comes my kids. This part I'll hey. edit. Hey, buddy. Okay, go get some food. Oh. That was my. That was the three year old. Uh, the other two have come in those were the ones i i waved away the three-year-old i'll answer though but yeah what's she hungry Uh, or she goes (laughs) oh she goes my sisters are hungry okay (laughs) (laughs) yeah well so uh eventually you you kind of like the whole um like it's almost like did you feel like kind of like a journeyman like as you were growing up, like you're on the road, you're in different places, having different experiences, you know, like, did you ever, did you feel that way? Um, or is it just yeah. looking back on it? You're like, I could see how, you know, like how that people could, you know, perceive me as that. Like a wonder. Yeah. Kind of. Uh, yeah. I, 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 it just happened. Uh, um, I mean, I, I was 17 when that, the, my first mission was when I was 17. I, my brother was 16. Uh, he had, I mean, he was into skiing. Well, he was brilliant. He was a brilliant skier and he, he, he went off down to the Alps before me. I, I was up, I was up at college. And, uh, so he, he was down there like spending a winter in Chamonix and the Alps. And I was just, I'd finished college. I was going to, I was going to do my ski patrol, which is like a first aid on skis where you go yeah. out in the mountains, but I'd done the course, but then there was no snow in Scotland. So, you know, I was like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to go and I'm going to go down and find Luke. So I, yeah, I, I, I hitchhiked from Scotland. I just got a sign, got a sign up for uh, just various stages of the journey and just held it up and, I hit shot hitchhiked down there. It took me five days, and um, so that was how it all kind of started. Yeah, and I spent a few months down there with Luke, and then um, we kind of came back together, worked for the summer, and then went out to Canada and spent you know the season out there skiing, and then it kind of just, it just kind of happened from from that, and then you know by the time I ended five years later, I ended up in the Canaries windsurfing, but then partying a bit too much getting involved drinking thing drinking and stuff and i ended up get having a bad knee injury breaking my ankle um from drinking (laughs) 
uh, I, my, my head just got, you know, it got to a point where I just needed to come home yeah. and uh, get my ankle, get my ankle fixed because it never got a chance to heal because I was always, I was always getting drunk and walking on it and I ended up, so the, the broke never healed. Um, yeah. And then my knees start, my knees started popping out and I was, I mean, I was laid up for a couple of weeks. Uh, and, uh, I just needed some, I need to get back to reality a bit. So I, I came home and had my, my ankle fixed have a plate put in it and things and i ended up uh just chilling out for a bit and i um i, I always wanted to learn the saxophone so i i took the saxophone up and miraculously that's how i met mary my wife she ended up teaching teaching me no teaching, way yeah she ended up teaching <laughs> me the saxophone and you know um at the time i i just thought yeah she was this gorgeous saxophone teacher uh and we just had, I just had saxophone lessons. I loved it. We had, you know, it was brilliant. She was a brilliant teacher. I, you know, I, I was really into learning the saxophone. So I, I went for it and then the lesson stopped for some reason. And then well, I didn't see her for a year. And uh, I ended up having some books, music books I had, I had of hers. And I, I just dropped them back around once. And then uh, we kind of went out for a drink. And then that was it. It was, she accepted me for my like, that that was one of the problems I had. Man. My, I don't know what it was. My, I was quite shy as a kid. Yeah. So I always found communicating a real struggle, and I think that's probably where my mental health struggle started developing. And you know, I thought I was different to everybody. I was very shy. I, I could never think of what to say. Um, and then that would sort of go on in my head. And uh, yeah, so I, I I never I was never able to hold a relationship. People because girls just couldn't. It, they just it was fat they found it too much they because i was so quiet they it was ended up being awkward and things and it just this just never worked out and then mary just accept you know she just accepted me for for you know for just being how i was and it was, it was really nice and uh yeah we just sort of fell in love i guess and had some children and that's amazing and uh yeah she had a little boy called kari when i when i first sort of met her and he was only three and 22 now and no, it was just a brilliant it was another brilliant adventure we all set out on and uh and that has been hard uh along the way because of my men- mental health and things so you know I, if i can use a project to talk a bit about that as well and yeah because it, it doesn't get talked about a lot uh I, I mean it's not it's not necessary to talk about it a lot I, and, and you know in, in sort of daily situations but it's but um i think you know i think from somebody who's who has struggled with it and you know it's, i think there's people that's still out there that you know it's, it's a hard thing to deal with on your own yeah well it builds yeah. up i always tell my yeah. students because we talk a lot about mental health um you know we talk at least once a week uh with with my students at my school and i always talk about like you know when you shake like a soda bottle i don't know what do you guys call it over there soda i'm from iowa we call it pop <laughs> a fizzy drink (laughs) when you shake a fizzy drink bottle (laughs) and you build up that pressure though you know like the way i always look at my own mental health is there are moments there are times where i just i'm in my own head and i'm building this pressure up and building it up Mm. building up and building up and there's a moment and a lot of times it's just talking about it with somebody and being open and honest and it's like when you open it and you just hear that And you're like, oh, I like that sound, that sound of mm. a fizzy drink busting <laughs> open. But like, that's how, to me, that's how it feels. Like, yeah. even this week, man, I had a moment 
where I was just in my own head about stuff. And I was like, I don't know why it's this time of year. I think for me, like February is tough. Yeah, it can. It can yeah. be for a lot of people. And it's it, yeah. just like the idea of like, I got in my own head about certain situations and I built up like the scenario that ended up not being true at all, where I was like, oh, these people are like uh, bothered by me or annoyed at me or whatever. And then, and then I come to find out a couple of days later that it was like, no, it wasn't that way at all. Like, I don't yeah. know. So that's I, what that's, that does. That's yeah, it. man, it does. And I think mm -hmm. like what you're saying, it's so important that people find outlets to like, just communicate about it. Cause I think that relieves a lot of the pressure. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I it's... saw your, your supporting, um, and if I get this wrong, definitely correct me, but C A M H S cams. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's child, it's child and adolescent, uh, mental health service. Yeah. So that's a local, that's a local charity on the Isle of Wight. Um, yeah, my eldest had a, you know, he had, he had, um, kind of a breakdown really when he was like 13 and ended up having some like psychotic kind of symptoms, which lasted about a week. Uh, and they were, they were amazing with him. They were just brilliant with him. And so, yeah, if, if I can um, give something back to them, that'd be brilliant. Uh, and then the other one's a national, a national uh, charity for kids, young people that are, yeah. What's, what's that I'd, one? I'm going to write it called, down. They're called, they're called Young Minds. Young Minds. Okay. Yeah. And I'll make sure yeah. to link that in the show notes too, <laughs> if people want to just, just go and support like directly, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to really focus on that when I'm, when the row, during the row, once I've got the project yeah. up and running and it's, it's looking like it's a proper go ahead. One, I and know. I'll, I'll, I'll change my focus to all of that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so it's just interesting talking to you about that concept because then during like a, a big adventure, like a row, you're going to be by yourself for upwards of however many days. I mean, you mentioned the one guy went over a hundred days by yeah. himself. And I just, it's, it's very interesting to me when I read, I've read different reports from people who have done this and like just what goes through their mind and how their mind kind of handles this isolation like is that mm. something you're actively going to prepare for or is that something you're excited about like i see i could see it as an exciting thing too of like you know what is how will i change through this experience yeah exactly that's yeah i'm, I'm taking it on in, with that with, with that idea in mind that i'm going to be you know i'm going to be ex experiencing a whole spectrum the whole spectrum of human emotions that we've been given on this planet that we all deal with but but it's yeah. going to be in a situation where it's going to be extreme and uh and the emotions are most likely going to be a lot stronger um so so from having the most, you know, most beautiful experience to having the darkest experience it's just something that i want i want to really just take all of it on and um just see if i can tap into something different tap into something in myself that i kind of know that is there but i don't experience it a lot yeah. and uh and if i can if i can like you know but if i can if, if i can come out the other end of this row with with something that i can give back to my family and mary because you know she's had a lot to cope with during the years um 
with our relationship and how I have, how I've been, uh, and I owe her a lot. And I, 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 I want to just give, I want to, I want our marriage, um, you know, I just want it to be, I don't want it to be always, it's been, it's we've had some really hard times and, uh, I just want to, uh, give her a lot more love, um, a lot more fun, uh, a lot more care. You know, I, I have done, but I haven't been able, I haven't, I'm not the best at expressing it. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, so if I, if I can open that, if I can open that part of me more when I get back, you know, that would be just amazing. Uh, um, so yeah, that, that I mean, that'd be, yeah, that'd be cool. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, uh, yeah, dude, so, I, it's just funny. Like as husbands, there's so much like, I think I'm, when you say that, I'm thinking about my wife as well. And I'm like, there's so much mm. she does that you, you get in the busyness of life and you, you, mm. you know, you get that momentum of every day. There's like a to-do list and it's almost like, it's hard to take time to really be like, you don't know how much I appreciate all of the stuff you've done, you know? Exactly. And no. I think having space like you're just giving yourself space here like mm. during this and i think yeah man i think that can just like open up this whole man uh but yeah. no it, it i think it'll open up this whole like you'll be capable of like understanding how much she does i guess yeah and and just are you still there yeah can you hear me oh, sorry mate. yeah yeah um if it's you know that one of the things with mental health is it's really self-absorbing and uh it can like grab you and with me it kind of takes me inward to to a dark kind of I'll, I'll call it feelings just really dark feelings which kind of consume the whole space and you know when mary and the kids are they're in that space too and uh it it, it reflects onto them unintentionally but they pick up, they pick up the negativity from it, and and it's by no means a intentional thing. But that's how these, that's how it expresses itself. And uh, you know, if I can come, if 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 it's possible to not to be able to, able to have a shift from that self-absorption and let that kind of go a lot, you know, that would open up a great things, great things. Um, so yeah, so I mean that's that's something I'm not. It's not like a guarantee, but I I just think, uh, you know, it's very easy. I, it's very easy to go along in life and you know just carry on and, uh, but then there's there's the possibility of opening up into something. There's there's a possibility of an opening up. I think if you put yourself out there. Uh, see. See what happens. I mean, I, I could. It's possible that you could do that without doing a huge adventure. Possibly, I don't know. It is, but uh, <laughs> but I'm with you, man. I mean, that's like one of the reasons why I like talking to people like you and doing the podcast. Because I'm like, yes, to me, it's the easiest way to like access that stuff. You know, mm. it is. It's probably it probably is possible, but yeah, there's like a. It is, man. <laughs> There's like a another way to get there, you know. 
yeah, I guess it's yeah, it's it's just trying it out. Um, I did want to ask you, just you. Yeah. this idea of you know when I've when I saw your posts on Instagram, like it's the idea of like building yourself up as like the like a normal you know like it's like Uh, truck driver taking on this giant ocean row like normal guy doing this crazy thing but the more i talk to you i'm like you're you're extraordinary and this is what i love about just people in general is like you dig a little bit deeper and you just see like the amazingness of them and like what they want to take on and like what they're pursuing and who they are and i I'm just I really honored that you would come on and do the podcast. We, we, I, I guess every human being's got that side to them, man. We've all got like that amazing, extraordinary side to us that no one, not a lot of people see. Yeah. yeah okay. Because we we can we we we, we um we don't express we don't always express the best parts of ourselves, do we? Because you know, for what for whatever reason, the self-expression doesn't come out freely. It's it's one of those hard things about being human, isn't it? I think for a lot of us um but within all of us as yeah we're all extraordinary um but i guess the way i made that promotional kind of video was the very ordinary truck driver which is all my workmates <laughs> cracked up at <laughs> it just came out when i was when i was filming when i was when i was doing the voiceover bit for it it just sort of came out yeah and uh, i should probably try and let it go a bit <laughs> I looked into it when I start when I started looking into the this whole people that have done the, all these ocean roads. They've just got so much things that they've done with their lives, yeah, like around adventures and and uh, then you've got me coming into it, who's just and our truck driver, like from the Isle of Wight. He's he is very he comes across very ordinary, like and very like my nickname at work special because I'm just. I'm just a bit of a silly guy, man. Nothing kind of works, never works properly. Things go wrong and yeah. Uh, so it's just, uh, that's amazing. Know, man. It's just, um, but you are like, I mean, I'm just like, just, dude, the fact that you would take this on is just so cool. Um, can you kind of tell people like where they can follow along with your story or, or how to help. I mean, I know, um, I know that these big expeditions require a lot of like outside support as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would love to support your adventure and anyone who's listening, I would hope they would um, think about supporting mm-hmm. as well. That's kind of you, mate. That's nice. Uh, I, I don't have a lot. I don't have a clue when it comes to social media. I'm just, work, I'm just sort of working my way through it at the moment. Yeah. So I don't really have much of an idea of how to post things and you know i'm still trying to figure out how to get support for the project and and uh so it's all new to me uh but my my instagram is i think it's at jacob mbp uh which has got my website on it and the crowdfunding page which 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 is where i'm trying to raise the money for the boat yeah and and the project which is going very slowly by the way i've got like how it works sometimes i don't know yeah (laughs) But it's all part of, yeah, it's part of it, isn't it? It's part it's of part it, of man. The it's the, cons- it's honestly, I think it's the consistent action, even if it's like little, yeah. little bits you're doing every day. But if it's, if you're consistent with yeah. it, that's going to build up. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm basically just going, flowing, flowing along with it and just seeing what, how, what happens each day. Uh, I, 
I find it hard to plan things for it because I don't really know what to plan, man. I don't know what to ha- I don't know what to do for it, kind of. So, so something like this is just brilliant. Um, I think this came. I don't know how you got hold of it. Was Andrew Cotty? Was it Andrew Cotty? It was. Yeah, I'm a Cotty. huge dude. That um, hundred foot wave was like the most mind blowing documentary I watched last year. It was so good. Yeah, I really enjoyed yeah. it. And so I think he posted about it. And I was like, this sounds awesome. <laughs> so, yeah, 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 it was. Yeah. Yeah, it was awesome, man. So, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's cool, man. I was really nervous before this happened. Before When you got in touch with me, I was, I was nervous about it because just chatting and yeah. not, have, not, not having done any major things, like adventure-wise and stuff. And it, I just, I don't know how people would take to it. Um, and then you realize I'm a busy dad with three kids and yeah. uh, <laughs> not intimidating, hopefully. Yeah, mate. No, you're the perfect man for the job, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. It's brilliant. You do you're really good at you, it's it's a it's a you know, you come into something that's brilliant here. So yeah. Thank so you. you should just it should just grow and grow, I think, because it's it's brilliant, mate. You get people will hopefully just you're 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 gonna get in touch with people, aren't you? Find people out, search them out and they're fine. I, yeah, man. It's been a lot of, it's been a lot of work. I've done it for the last five years. Um, and it was, it's all that consistent action where I was just like, Hey, I'm going to do this once a week for a year and see where it goes mm. from there. And it's been awesome, man. It truly has been life, life changing in, and it's, you know, it's the whole thing of just diving into something just to do it and then see what happens from there and that's why i relate to all you amazing adventurers is i feel like it's a very similar thing you know and truck driver and truck driver adventurers (laughs) and truck driver all of adventure no dude that's the thing man like you don't need all the fancy all the fancy schmancy titles and um you know all these experiences like you've obviously been on all these adventures through your life and that's gonna add up and result into this this ocean row which is which is really cool man so yeah (laughs) but i appreciate you coming on nah it's it's been it's been cool awesome man now i really appreciate you reaching out yeah it's brilliant would love to talk to you once once you're through the adventure see what happens along the way yeah, it'd be brilliant to compare. Heck yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> compare the podcasts. Yeah. yeah. Right. This is what I thought was going to happen. And then, yeah. 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 Awesome, man. Well, thanks for coming on. No worries. Uh, Chris, it's been a pleasure, mate. Awesome. All right. That wraps up this week's episode number 288 with Jacob. Um, Check out his website. Once again, it's manandory.co.uk. Uh, you can also find his Instagram at Jacob MBP. Um, follow his story. This is going to be one heck of a journey, one heck of a ride. Um, it's one of those things where the preparation is like overwhelmingly, <laughs> ridiculously challenging, I'm sure. Um, and so just supporting him as he goes about that aspect of it. And then, of course, you know, um, you know, as he's preparing for the big adventure and, and supporting him along the way, uh, is excellent. And like I said, on his website, you can find his crowdfunding, um, if you want to support him in that sense as well. Also just want to say a huge thanks to Jacob. Uh, (laughs) I recorded the podcast while also, um, 
being home on a weekend where my wife had to work during Saturday. So my kids, I was like, in my mind, it's one of those things where I'm like, in my mind, this is how it's going to work. I like wore them out all morning playing around. And then I was like, okay, they're worn out. I'm going to turn a movie on and they're just going to zone out and watch a movie. That was what was going to happen in my mind. And then I'm like, and then I'll, I'll get an hour to talk to this super awesome dude. And, uh, <laughs> and they kept, pop they just popped in every like five minutes and, uh, for, for a little bit of time towards the end there. Um, and I kept doing like the hand motions, you know, like I was trying to like do the hand motions, like you're good. Cause my eight year old would come in and be like, can I get a snack? And I'm like, yeah, he would like have a snack. It's all good. That's what we're doing right now. We're, we're like zoning out and hanging out and relaxing. <laughs> But anyway, so uh appreciate it. Um, you know, I I uh I hope that doesn't uh come across in the in the podcast too much, but we were we were interrupted a handful of times. I was like that news reporter at the beginning of the pandemic where like the kid just walked in the background. It was kind of similar, but not as serious and awesome. So anywho, um but yeah, after talking, after doing this podcast, I have been really motivated and really inspired to go seek out my next big adventure that I want to plan for. Um, we're in February now. February is a rough month for me. It's dark still in the morning when I go for a run and, uh, you know, the end of, as a teacher, the end of the school year is not quite in sight yet. Um, and this is really the month where I start daydreaming again. And I start daydreaming about, what I'm going to do that summer, right? What am I going to do when the weather gets nice, when the snow melts, when the daylight's out for much, much longer than it is? Um, and I have some big ideas and some things that are really exciting, some things that are that intimidate me a bit. Um, but I'm really looking forward to this year. I'm really looking forward to this summer. Uh, hopefully you all are out there. You're planning something, whatever it may be, something to get outside of your comfort zone. Maybe give yourself a little bit of space from your normal routine where you can really uh, go out there and really experience what it is to be you and really experience just how strong you are and how brave you are because that is something you, everybody, in my opinion, everybody needs to have in their life um, at some point. So hopefully you're out there daydreaming too um, and you're planning big stuff. And, and yeah, we'll get back at you next week though.